It's time for the Ron and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. All right. Good evening, everybody. It is eight o'clock. It is Sunday night, and it is time for episode 281 of the Ron and Brian podcast. I know you might be saying, Ron, it looks a little bright in your location to be Sunday night, but uh, we have a, a almost a holiday miracle, the unexpected emergence of the Aurora Borealis right over Elkins Park. It is bright as can be. Um, Brian, how are you doing this fine Sunday evening? Is it, That's quite the title belt you have there. Yes, we all know Listen. That you are the champion. I, my sciatica is kicking in because I got these the six pounds of gold that is just weighing down one shoulder. Ron, I'm doing splendid. It is Sunday evening. Um, as you can see, uh, I'm broadcasting from a new area of the apartment. Um, this is going to be the uh, the official home office. So I've basically rearranged everything from behind me so that you can't see a lot of floral decorations and whatnot. Um uh, but most importantly, I'm a little concerned about the brightness in the room. Um, obviously, we had some recessed lighting installed above. Thought that it would create the, a little halo effect, but it really feels just like it's just bright light. I'm, I'm not. I don't it's, know that I'm a. It's fan. a lot brighter in that room. At first, I thought maybe you bought yourself like one of those ring lights as a uh, as a Black Friday deal. Um, but it seems like it's just tremendous lighting compared to your previous location. Yeah, yeah, and um, uh, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. We may yeah. not like this. Uh, I, I tried dimming it. I tried going with different um, uh, uh, gels to cover it, mm. um, but so far, not. I'm, I'm not feeling it. All right. Well, I know one thing that you're always feeling, Brian, and that's drink of the week. Drink of the week. Nazdrovia. <laughs> Drink of the week. Drink of the week. Drink of the week. Drink of the week. Drink of the Brian, week. Brian, before before we get into what you're drinking this week, uh, Johanna brings up a great point. She loves that you had to put on a crew neck t-shirt under your hockey jersey to combat the V-neck. Um, you really need that high neckline. I mean, not just the ho- any hockey jersey it is the ron and brian hockey jersey but yes i'm straight can't stand that neckline right what are you drinking this week we are rocking this evening hobgoblin gold beer all the way from london england you may ask yourself hey brian was this one of the several beers you snuck back into the united states from your recent trip to england yes Yes, it was. And what are we drinking here, Brian? We are drinking. Look at that. That wow. is from Witchwood Brewery, which I'm I'm butching. It's probably Wickwood or something like that. This is a solid gold legend, Ron. The combination of four, count them, four hop varieties infused with malted barley and a touch of wheat gives this easy drinking golden beer tropical aromas of citrus and passion fruit. A biscuit-like malt base gives way to heaps of fresh lemon and lime zest. A hop kick riot of rascally refreshment. You know that that's off the top of my head. Coming in at a 4.2 ABV, this is Hobgoblin Gold Beer. 
All right. Taste that biscuit, Brian, and tell us how it is. Uwatapi. <laughs> is it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Not a fan. Not a fan. Okay. I'll well, I mean, drink it. I'm going to knock this out. I will. I'm not going to. I'm. I, Mama didn't raise no bitch. I'm going to be drinking this beer. But ooh, yeah, that's a, mm -hmm. uh, a hoppy ale, if you ask me. Ron. Yes, sir. Ron. Yes, my friend. What are you drinking? Uh, today, Brian, I'm keeping it light, uh, very, very light, uh, with some liquid death sparkling water. It is the holidays. Uh, I needed to give my liver a rest today after a long Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, so now, uh, now I am uh, hydrating, Brian. It's all about the holidays. It's all about hydration. Drink, drink. I, you're Still drinking water. Me. Still love it's sparkling water, Brian. It's uh, it's it's called sparkling water, and it's fancy. And you're just going to have so, to deal with it. How is that sparkling water any different than that time I farted in the jacuzzi? Um, different in, in a number of ways, which, you know, we can get into uh, offline. But uh, but yeah, and speaking of holidays, Brian, I meant to ask you a question. And I want to ask you before it gets too late into the show. And if you're uncomfortable answering this because, you know, it's kind of a denominational thing, I would understand. Do so, you celebrate Happy Honda Days or do you celebrate Toyota Thon? What was the first one? The happy Honda days. Oh, happy Honda days. First off, Ron, I, and I would have hoped that you would have known this about me, but um, I only buy American cars. You know, I do the Ford um, Fordathon. <laughs> sure. Maybe that's a, maybe that needs to be a yeah. thing. I cannot support Honda. I do not believe that they make quality vehicles anymore. Um, Toyota, we are all aware of their views, how they supported the um, the emperor during World War II and would drive um, uh, uh, the Toyota Honda, Toyota Camrys. Uh, that's that's the car. <clears throat> is it a Toyota, though? Uh, yeah. I think it's a Honda. I don't think so. Yeah, Toyota, Cam Toyota Tercel. That I know is a Toyota. A Tercel. Oh, yeah. The Tercel, if I remember correctly from my um, – uh, high school education, thanks to Stuyvesant High School. Um, the Toyota Tercel was originally manufactured in 1938 to transport um, prisoners of war from Singapore and Malaysia back to mainland Japan, where um, they were going to be enslaved and turned into human um, typhoon victims. Uh, very controversial medical experiments that the Japanese put on back in World War II. Um, so I cannot support Toyota. All right. Uh, that Well, that went in a direction I was not expecting, but that's part of the reason I love you. Let's get on with it. Ron and Brian's Beef of the Week. Brian, what's bothering you this week? Listen, it's the holiday season. Um, it's the time, you know, Thanksgiving this past Thursday, um, Christmas in a month, Hanukkah uh, right around the corner, uh, Kwanzaa at some point in the next 30 to 75 days. I don't know. Um, anywho, um, so I don't want to really, um, you know, bring things down with my beef of the week. I don't want okay. to make things um, depressing. I'm going to say that my beef of the week albeit small, um, is Amazon, uh, Amazon Kindles, where they are actually selling 
for $15 cheaper an ad-supported version of their product so that when you turned your Kindle on, instead of seeing a, a, a generic Kindle welcome screen, whatnot, right. you're going to get a, a, a ad um, for a product or a TV show. Um, and this is atrocious. This is a electronic device that we are buying for ourselves so that we can read books, educate ourselves, become learned, and Amazon has decided that what they're going to do is sneak in ads into your electronic devices that you are purchasing yourself. Um, and as a uh, subsidiary B for the week is my refusal to return items that I've purchased. So <laughs> I will be reading my ad supported Kindle for the next two to five years. So cheers, Amazon. You fucked me over good this year. I mean, I will say this, Brian. Uh, one thing I discovered uh, this uh, this past Friday night is that there are people out there uh, who still do not know who Jeff Bezos is. So there is a uh, there is a section of the population clearly Amazon has not hit. Um, so I feel you know things like this, while repugnant, are necessary um, uh, to uh, to hit uh, the people that may not be aware of Jeff. And who are the people that are not aware of Jeff Bezos? Are these your in-laws? I'll tell you offline. Okay. The answer may surprise Yes. Yes. What's bothering you? Uh, So what's bothering me, Brian, is is spouses who, uh, well, maybe not just spouses, could be significant others. You could be a a thruple. You could be in a polyamorous relationship. But uh, those closest to you that make you uh, go shopping on Black Friday, not online shopping, Brian. Physically going out um, to the mall. So uh, my lovely wife, an angel. We know this already. Perfect. We love almost, Mrs. Run. Perfect in almost every way. Uh, Correct. With the exception of, and, and you kind of touched on it, how you don't like returning items that you purchase. Um, it is unfathomable to me to buy something and then return it unless it is defective or the wrong size. Like those are, Correct. but Correct. My, my, my beautiful bride will often shop online. Um, there are boxes arriving uh, daily and then um, she'll be like, oh, well, we have to, uh, we have to return this. And I'm like, okay, you still have the box. Why not just ship it back? But for some reason, it, it needs to be returned physically to the store, which I get it. It's it's her way of saying I want to go shopping in person. So uh, on Thanksgiving Eve, she says to me, oh, um, you know, that that price adjustment I got on a sweater at J. Crew, I need to return the sweater. And I'm like, well, I thought you liked the sweater. That's why you got the price adjustment. And so she was like, oh, well, I didn't really go to get the price adjustment. I just bought the sweater at the lower price. And now I need to return the sweater I bought at full price. And that's how I'm going to, you know, get my money back. So we need to, she's like, your choice is either we can go to the J. Crew at the King of Prussia Mall or we can go to the J. Crew at Cherry Hill Mall, both of which are massive malls. She's like, which would you choose? And I'm like, you know, that's like, handing me a rusty knife and saying, I would like you to either uh, cut off your left testicle or your right testicle, your choice. So I was like, well, let's go to King of Prussia Mall because it is slightly less heinous than um, than Cherry Hill in my mind. So we, we went shopping. It was not as horrific as I anticipated, but just people everywhere. 
Um, no one paying attention to anyone around them. Um, the level of frustration I get when I shop and deal with the general public is high to begin with. Ridiculous. Uh, I'm not quite sure what Lululemon was selling, possibly crystal meth, possibly, you know, stolen merchandise, a line of 50 people waiting to get into the Lululemon store. Um, just insane. And then, you know, as, so we should, what's that you, you cut out there. There's, Lululemon stuff is fabulously expensive. So I imagine like 20% off that makes it almost still just marginally expensive so that women can wear the same pair of um, yoga pants when they um, go to the supermarket and not do yoga. Cue but, somebody calling me a sexist for that comment. What what I what I don't get is it doesn't, you know, the, the Black Friday deals, a lot of them seem to start like two weeks prior. And we're going to be lasting longer than just Friday. So I'm still not sure why exactly we had to go out on that exact day. Um, like, did you see the uh, the video that's been going around of the woman who went shopping at Target on Black Friday? And she started no. to slide. She slid back the Black Friday deals uh, price tag that was on like the little holder. And she pulled each one mm -hmm. back. And each item was there was a sale plate behind it. Like it was on sale leading up to Black Friday. They just put a Black Friday uh, sure. sticker up there at the exact same price. Sure. So you could have sure. gone Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You probably could have gone yesterday today monday um yeah. and again we, we don't need anything this is what drives me crazy we don't right. need anything yeah. yeah it's just well the problem the is the fact that consumerism I, well hold on a second ron i think that when you say you don't need anything are you talking about america or are you talking about the privileged existence <laughs> that you and mrs ron have li living in suburban pennsylvania where you have the manicured lawn, you have the two-car garage, you've got the Blackstone grill, you've got your no, I don't ice have the Blackstone grill there. yet because it didn't go on Black Friday special. Yet you will have it. We know you will have it. <laughs> My point is the fact that, Ron, you have, from a materialistic perspective, you have all the creature comforts of modern-day living. Um, you Fuck it. You have blinds that you can control using your voice. Um, I would say that that you know to to somebody who is struggling to stretch their dollar, somebody who may not be living the pampered American existence. Um, I mean, call, I have to call your white privilege when I see it, but there are people who do see the savings of a Black Friday as a way to ensure that oh. everybody in their house gets a gift. And, I, and I'm fine with the rest of America taking advantage of it. I'm just saying we don't need to. And it's, you know, it's, it's ironic to me, you speak of pampered uh, American privilege. As you sure. sit high up in your lofty uh, residence, um, your seven-figure residence that you live in, you pay people monthly uh, to handle certain maintenance around in and around your luxurious uh, condo and all of your amenities and everything else. You ride a, a yacht uh, to work sometimes. We've seen the photos of you on the water. All that's missing is the ascot and the sailor's hat. I refute um, your, uh, your categorization of me. You know what? I still, I but I still love this it. point. At this point, I'm going to accept that you've checked my privilege. Um, you've, you've, you've spoken power to truth or truth to power. 
Um, I don't agree with your assessment completely, but I will also say that I too live a, a, a pampered life to a certain extent compared to many others. And, um, you know, I just, I, I, I'm fortunate and I will admit, I, I see myself as fortunate that I do not need to wake up at four o'clock in the morning and go sit outside a Walmart so I can buy a $49 television. And there are people that do. And for those people, I, um, you know, I, I hope that Santa brought them everything they wanted on Black Friday. There you go. Well, let's hope. Let's hope. Uh, Brian, uh, as you know, as our uh, loyal listeners know, we like to grab a couple of stories, one each, that we make sure we cover each week that we don't let fall through the cracks. Brian, what is your story of the week this week? My story of the week. Okay, now we are going to go all the way down to Florida. Florida. Um, where do we have a photo, Ron, of Lily Rinker? Oh, the uh, little Santa hat in our uh, logo almost sits right on top of her head. That's that's pretty good. Now, was that done intentionally, I'm going to assume? It was not, but I might actually okay, be able so, to even. Now, it's blown up as much as I can. I was hoping I could move it up. All right. So here is Jupiter, Florida resident Lily Rinker, who last Thursday placed a call um, to the a local police department in West Palm Beach County or Palm Beach County. Um, she was in, in the city specifically of Stewart, Florida. She's currently staying at a Best Western. So if you can visualize the luxurious environs of a Best Western in Stewart, Florida, where Miss Lily Rinker, 23 years old, a young 23, though it looks like she's um, certainly walked down a long path, um, she called the police um, because she was complaining that somebody had stolen $5 worth of marijuana from her. Um, Florida, where marijuana is still illegal, oh. um, is not one of the states that will look kindly when you let the police know that, yes, you have marijuana on you, but some of it's missing. And you believe it was some, some of the people who recently visited your hotel room. So um, she told the arriving officer that a man named Carlos, whom she had recently met, um, had uh, visited her uh, hotel room. And after she had left, had taken about a half a gram of marijuana worth as little as five to ten dollars. She must have been smoking some of that garbage shit um, from a larger thirty dollar stash she had in her grinder. Um, she stated that she did not know what to do. So she decided to call the police. Unfortunately, for Ms. Rinker, um, she already had two outstanding arrest warrants. Um, uh, yeah, very unfortunate. So um, she had actually uh, a warrant for missing a proba uh, probation violation hearing um, after being convicted of a DUI earlier. Um, so unfortunately, she was arrested and taken to jail. Not the first. So, I mean, we've we've seen before people calling the police to report that their drugs have been stolen, which sure. I think really just speaks, you know, as to why drugs are bad for some people. Really, uh, really clouds your judgment sometimes. Yes. Um, and speaking of cloudy judgments, Ron. Yes. What's your story of the week? Uh, Brian, I guess maybe not shockingly, also coming from the state of Florida, uh, where a man was arrested after allegedly 
defecating on a dead possum in the middle of rush hour trough traffic. I present to you, Brian, uh, Rudy Wilcox, uh, age 45. He was picked up by the Clearwater police Wednesday night around 530 um, after they saw him drop his pants in the middle of the Belcher Road and Willow Tree Trail intersection um, and then uh, dropping a deuce on the uh, deceased possum, quote, in full view of the motoring public. Um, unfortunately, not only was the motoring public there, but also an officer with the Clearwater Police Department um, who uh, detained Mr. Wilcox, uh, who said the officer who witnessed him, quote, doesn't see straight. Uh, but however, um, the affidavit noted, quote, physical evidence was viewed at the scene, which corroborates the allegations alleged. Um the internet, I feel, has kind of let us down with this story because as we have the uh, the mugshot, I have yet to see any photographic evidence of a dead possum with poop on it. And that was really what I was hoping for. Um, Wilcox, uh, who is homeless, was not under the influence of any intoxicants at the time of the alleged incident. Uh, he was charged with exposure of sexual organs and booked at the Pinellas County Jail. Uh, well, that's certainly unfortunate. Now, what would you have? Okay, now here, I feel once again privilege. Um, right. A homeless man. Where should this homeless man be defecating? Um, well, if he, not uh, on, if not on a possum, if not on right. a possum. I mean, think about it. That is God's way of giving him target practice. He's saying right here, poop here. And you would have this man poop where? Where would this man poop? Is he oh, welcome I would, to visit your apart your house? In, in I would say maybe if, uh, if I would say if Florida perhaps maybe spent less time uh, banning books and trying to get rid of critical race theory, maybe spend some time trying to help the homeless people in their society. I would I would suspect that possibly the man did this to uh, to get arrested, to have a roof over his head for a night, um, and said, "Hey, I can also go viral by pooping on a possum." Okay. Which would be a great band name now that I think about it. Pooping on a possum. Pooping on a possum. Pooping on a possum. Brian, one story, you know, sometimes stories, they, they, we just read them and they're just, it's just a story. It's gone. And then there are other stories um, that they touch our hearts. Um, they, they, they make it, uh, they make it warm in our in the cockles of our of our hearts and i think one happened uh this friday when we found out that uh, ex-police officer derek chauvin uh who was convicted of killing george floyd uh was stabbed in prison by a fellow inmate that's a shame so uh on friday it was at the federal prison he is in in arizona uh, around 12 30 p.m uh, he was uh, seriously injured, uh, but later listed in stable condition and that he's expected to survive. How many people are disappointed? Well, I think um, maybe some family members. I mean, there's definitely people that support this officer still. There was a number of GoFundMe contributors that helped raise money for his defense. So I'm not going to say that he doesn't have um any supporters, but uh, definitely none in the court system as the stabbing uh, came just one week after the U.S. Supreme Court rejected uh, Chauvin's appeal of his second degree murder conviction in the May 2020 death of George Floyd. Not a popular person. Wouldn't you think, and obviously I don't know the specifics, but don't you think that that guy would be in some type of segregated housing? 
You would think he would not be in general population. I mean, in general, uh, in general, police officers in prison don't tend to fare well. Also, you add to the fact that, you know, the, the crime that he went to was for the murder of a black person. You would think puts more of a target on him. Uh, but again, you know, maybe it, maybe they just felt I mean, he's been in prison for however many years now. And, and this hasn't happened yet. So maybe maybe guards just got lazy and weren't watching him as closely as they should. The thing is, you can still get stabbed in segregated housing. I mean, the only way to keep him, you know, completely away from all prisoners is to put him in in, in solitary confinement. In solitary. Which, put him in the box, which which we know is considered, according to the um, Geneva Convention, is considered torture. Um, so it's possible he was in segregated housing and not in the general uh, population. But um, all it takes is that one um, other image. We did get confirmation. Um, from the uh, Arizona uh, uh, prison system, I believe he's in Tucson, uh, that it was an inmate. It was not another guard who right. had done the stabbing. Interesting. Interesting. Brian, uh, you and I yeah. were both known as charitable people. We're both known as givers. Always, we always. give till it hurts sometimes. And as sure. such, uh, you know, we we belong to uh, a number of pay it forward Facebook groups yep. um, in our local areas. Um, you uh, shared with me a posting from one of your pay it forward groups that you found yep. actually somewhat problematic. I'm going to put a picture of it up on the screen here. And uh, well, tell me what your what what your issue is. Okay, so um, you know uh, that you and I have become quite um, enamored with our local Facebook group. So I joined a uh, local group in my in in the area where I live, um, which is a one of the popular trends called buy nothing. Uh, I think you introduced me to this concept where you are in suburban Pennsylvania. Um, where uh, instead of throwing items away that you no longer want to help cut down on the amount of waste that our country um, creates, um, I believe this is a global phenomenon. I do not know <laughs> if there is a buy nothing Ethiopia, but I do know that it is, it is a global sensation. Um, sure. So one of my local uh, uh, neighbors by the name of Yessi Valiz Cruz, who we invited to come onto the show, she did not respond. Um, yesterday, posted a photo of a frozen or what she's purporting to be a pork tenderloin that was purchased from Wegmans is marinated in a um, 15% bourbon solution with smoke flavoring added. So this sounds like it's got definite potential here, Ron. Now, the thing that caught my eye was that she decided to start the story and, and, and kudos to Yessi for um, putting the facts first, um, says that the use by date was November 13th, was being the important word in the sentence as in past tense, but has been kept frozen. So this is a frozen pork tenderloin that was posted on the internet 11 days after its use by date. Um, Ron, what are yes. your thoughts? Um, I sat there, looked at it and said, what on earth would anybody be um, volunteering this up for? Um, let alone who would be um, of the mind to say, I'm going to come over to, to Yessie's house and grab this, um, bring it home and cook it for my family. Well, I think, you know, Brian, first, you know, I think it's you have to untwist 
the uh, the sell by use by expiration dates that can get so confusing <laughs> for shoppers out there. So a use by date, Brian, I had to look this up because I wasn't 100 percent sure. sure. Um, it is not a safety date. Um, it is not an expiration date. Um, it is the date by which the manufacturer recommends using the product for optimal quality and freshness. Uh, products can often be consumed safely after these dates have passed. Um, with the caveat, as long as they've been stored properly. So she is saying it has been kept frozen. Um, it looks frozen. You can kind of see uh, some of the crystallization there. Um, so ideally, if you're going to cook this and you cook it to the you know recommended temperature of 165 degrees Fahrenheit, um, I think you should be okay with that. Um, I mean, I can understand, though, you know, was it sitting out on a countertop? before it was frozen. Like I always, I'm, I'm with you in general. I don't care when the use by date is. I don't care when the expiration date is. I just, I, I, I am challenged with the safety of accepting food from people. I don't know. Same. Pork is 145. And according to Jojo, look that up, Ron. Yeah. You've been overcooked. You've been overcooking your pork, something your wife has been complaining about for years. Oh, it's um, poultry you do to 165. Excuse me. And what about human flesh? Sorry. Um, um, I forget what the optimal temperature for that was. Possum, um, you also took to 165. Uh, well, that's in Florida. A, a Florida 165 is pretty warm. Um, see, I, I mean, I've got... Yeah. The thing is this, as how could you trust that this has been stored properly all these uh, over this period of time? Right. No, like, I, I, I agree. And again... Trust it? Point being is that the the use by date is the the least problematic thing for me. Again, it's a point yeah. of you know how how do you know that you know this just has wasn't sitting around and then the person Correct. was like ah shit I, I but I don't want to throw it out I'll I'll freeze it and see if somebody wants it like sure again I just I don't trust people on the internet uh, I guess is the net net uh, of the conversation. Yeah, I agree. Um, throwing this one out there to the comments, would anybody take this um, 11 days after the use by date um, from their buy nothing local group? I know that um, Jojo is uh, very uh, uh, entrenched in her buy nothing middle of nowhere group on Facebook. I know um, she likes to uh, get a whole bunch of stuff, um, preferably well, again, not expired. You, you I think you and I tend to think the worst of people, which is kind of our, our, our MO. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe Yessie yeah. is just a giving person and you would hope that uh, if, uh, if a family really needed uh, food, if you have people that are in a, uh, a food desert or, you know, are, 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 are hungry or, or can't afford, you know, the luxury of a pork tenderloin, you know, hopefully it's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, I like, this is the thing. If it had been in your possession, and I use the editorial you. If it right. had been in your possession, you went to Wegmans, you purchased this, you said, you know what? I don't think we're going to make this anytime soon. I'm going to put this directly into the freezer and, you know, um, I'll take it out later. I would completely trust this. It is the concept that this is a stranger on Facebook whose um, claim that this has been kept frozen is something you're entrusting um uh, expired pork uh, uh, to put inside of your body. I just, I'm amazed that the first off that somebody um, would think, Hey, 
there's, you know, I'm going to put this on my Facebook page and let's see if somebody is going to claim it. And it scares me. Nobody, nobody responded to this. So I never saw anything in terms of um, whether there was anybody who would pick this up. It scares me that somebody's going to look at this and say, you know what, I am going to grab this and feed this to my family. I mean, and also, could she have not maybe offered up uh, a nice, you know, apple chutney and some sauerkraut to go along with the pork tenderloin? I mean, you live in a very um, affluent area. Perhaps if she had made it more of a complete meal uh, with maybe a nice bottle of wine on the side, uh, someone may have taken her up on that offer. I hate the fact that you pronounce it affluent and not affluent. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking dear. What level, what level of privilege are you exhibiting that you have just arbitrarily decided to take affluent? You're like those people that say niche and not niche. Because um, it was niche throughout the entire 70s and most of the 80s. And then in the early 90s, people started saying, oh, that's very niche. And I actually had to look up N-E-E-C-H to see how what word niche was out there. Uh, exactly. Jo Johanna exactly. calling me out for asking for apple chutney instead of applesauce. Valid. What what word? I'm trying to think now. I pronounced a word the other day um, that has two potential pronunciations. And my wife was just like, it infuriates me when you say it that way. And I, I'll have to remember what it was and get, and get back to it. She's like, she's like, you and your upstate New York pronunciations. Like, but she's got her South Jersey pronunciation. Well, again, you know, she's perfect, Brian. You understand this. You understand. The woman is a saint. You know what else is perfect, Brian? As always, our NFL Locks of the Week. Locks. Uh, Brian, kudos to you. Um, you know, I think it goes without saying. I don't want, you know, I don't want to get too much into the niche uh, of it. But just you just nailed both of your games uh, again this past week, uh, bringing you perfection wise up to what? What are we at here? We are at twenty four and 0 twenty four and 0. 24 and 0. Yes, um, You had yes. that one game. Everybody went one way. You went the other. I thought this is the week um, that that Brian streak gets snapped, uh, and you proved me wrong. How do you do it? Um, listen, I'm going to say this. Um, I look at the games. Uh, I wait to see what jumps off. I, I look at them a second time, a third time. Eventually, a game just rises above the page, and it says to me, Brian, here is the path. Pick this. Um, uh, but, I, you know, as much as I want to sit here, look you um, in the face and say, yes, praise me, Daddy. Ultimately, what I really need to do is to congratulate you. Um, you saw the game on Thursday. You saw Cowboys laying nine and a half over the commanders. You sat there and said, Washington has never been the same since Dan Snyder took that team on. Cowboys winning 45 to 10. Then, and this is the one that shocked me, Eagles minus three and a half over the Bills. Ron, when you picked this game, I immediately sat there and was humbled, was genuinely humbled because I did not see um, that uh, I did not see that wager the way you had looked at it. I immediately called my bookie in Rochester, New York, and I placed $4,000 on that bet. Thank you for making me that kind of money. I will make sure you get your 10% finder's fee. You, Ron, also went 2-0. You're now 24-0. Okay. How does it I feel? Will, 
I will compliment you even more then because, like I said, you took Miami minus six and a half versus the Jets. The Jets doing one of the most Jets things ever, throwing a Hail Mary at the end of the first half, which Miami intercepted and returned for a touchdown. Miami won 34 to 13. And then again, Pitt, Cincinnati, um, you know, Cincinnati minus five was the line. You really took a deep dive into this. You took a, you took a risk, I felt, and it paid off. So again, kudos to you. Uh, thank you. Thank what you. What do you got this? Uh, what, do what do you have this upcoming weekend? Week thirteen. You go first, Rod. You go first. All right. Well, the Cowboys' offense just looked spectacular on Thanksgiving Day. I'm taking the Dallas minus seven versus Seattle. Uh, C.J. Stroud down in Houston, uh, showing a potential rookie of the year type performance down there. Houston minus three versus Denver. I, um, I I like the San Diego Chargers laying four over Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. They used to be called the Boston Patriots years back. Um, and I also like um, the Indianapolis Colts being led by Archie Manning um, laying one against the Tennessee Titans. All right. Sounds good. So as always, bet with your head and not over it. Uh, Brian, it was Thanksgiving week, but not everybody was thankful, referring, of course, about the lawsuit that Daryl Hall filed against his longtime partner, John Oates, in a Nashville, Tennessee court last week. Um, Also, uh, with the restraining order, um, uh, a lot of the details were not released, uh, but TMZ says that they have found some sources saying that the legal battle... Uh, is about the ground rules of who can sing what as a solo artist and also along with some money issues, I'm assuming royalties from performances as solo artists. Um, Daryl Hall, 77. Uh, uh, John Oates, 75. The restraining order promptly granted by the presiding judge. Um, so uh, apparently the issue stemmed from... Uh, Oates performing a number of solo shows earlier this month, um, singing a number of uh, hits that he and Daryl Hall had recorded. Um, and apparently that's the issue. Ron, let me ask you a question. Yes. Um, hypothetically speaking, of course, you find yourself laying down in bed one night on um, red silk sheets. You are laying down on your stomach. You have your head rested on a Tempur-Pedic pillow. There are candles lit all around the bed. There is beautiful mute music playing. You feel a hand slide up your naked um, thigh over your hip across your um, rib cage. You look over your back, over your shoulder, if you would, do you want to see Daryl Hall sliding up against you, or do you want to see John Oates? Which one do you think you would rather have sex with? I mean, I, I mean the 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 most honest answer would be neither. But if you're if you're pushing me, you have you to know, pick one. You gotta pick one. You know, I'm a sucker for blondes, so I would have to go Daryl Hall. Interesting. See, I would go John Oates. I okay. think he. He's shorter. He's got the little scruffy mustache. I think that would tickle on the nape of my neck. Um, are we talking about Oates? Oates good with, question. Oates with or without the mustache? 
with the mustache purely without the mustache looks like a pedophile absolutely and, and janelle also nailing it uh this is brian's fantasy with ron Fact. because when you said Fact. taller oats i was initially saying i'm behind you ron how do you react no 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 who do you want to see if you turned around do you want to see daryl hall or john oats um I, I thought you were going to say that you were going to be behind me singing Kiss on my list. Like, I thought that was the direction you were taking it. All right, never mind. I apologize. See, Ron, apparently what you just revealed is that you want me behind you. <laughs> so um, that'll be interesting. Uh, the real question is, yeah, um, it's sad to see a partnership um, go downhill this way. Um, I'm surprised that it has gone to the point of uh, litigation. Um, you know, it, Listen, um, this is a business partnership, ultimately. Right. You know, you would like to think that they're best of friends and celebrating Thanksgiving together. But, you know, they've been making music for 40 plus years, maybe more. I don't know. Um, and, uh, you know, it seems as if the bitterness has been creeping in to this relationship over the years. Um, I just would like to see them uh, get on the same page. Well, and uh, people pointed to a uh, Bill Maher podcast from last year that Daryl Hall uh, appeared on uh, to where uh, Bill Maher made a comment about John Oates being Daryl Hall's partner. And Daryl Hall. We're not partners. Quote, you We're think partners. John Oates is my partner? He's my business partner. He's not my creative partner. John and I are brothers, but we are not creative brothers. We are business partners. We made records called Hall and Oates together, but we've always been very separate. And that's a really important thing for me. Ron, can I say something to you right now? Of course. You are my business partner in R&B Merch LLC, and you are my creative partner in the Ron and Brian universe. You are and always will be. Well, that's very touching, and I feel the same way. You know, Daryl Hall has really, so what is it? He got Lyme disease about 15, 20 years ago, and I know he's had a number of medical issues since. He just really? seems to have become... Uh, very, very bitter as, as he's gotten older because of it. Um, I remember I saw Daryl Hall. He played the July 4th concert um, in Philly. Uh, I want to say we're going back like 13 years ago. And sure. I went down to see him. And it literally was a case of they had his keyboard in the middle of the stage. Someone literally helped him slowly walk out to the keyboard and put his hands up on the keyboard and then he literally just stood there like the rest of the band is doing what you would normally picture a band doing. The guitarists all over the place, backup singers. Yeah. And he literally just stood in one place at the keyboard um, running through like a, a 45 minute set. It was uh, it was it was difficult to watch. Wow. You think he's um, uh, physically um, decaying? Uh, it's possible. It's very possible. Um, speaking of think he was just drunk. That could be that, too. Uh, speaking of performances that were difficult to watch, um, Dolly Parton did the halftime show um, at the Cowboys-Commanders game on Thanksgiving. Not difficult because of the performance. She rocked it out as always, but sure. it seemed like she sure. was she was in danger of falling off the stage at all points. And I, I did finally see a story that explained what may have happened. Uh, if you watched her performance, 
huge stage. She is she was standing in front of a uh, a star that was part of the stage, and it seems like she was holding on to it the entire time. Um, somebody pointed out if you looked at the star that she was standing in front of, there was an open uh, hole in that star. People are assuming that she was meant to come up from a lift and then perform on top of the star rather than in front of sure. it. People are people are assuming that the lift ended up not working, and so she had to go out in front and did not have a lot of space to walk. Mm. Um, and that's why it looked like um, she was unsure of her footing because she had not been practicing in that area um, when she did her performance. Am I the only person that genuinely feels that she has... Um, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna catch heat for this, um, but like, I mean, after I finished masturbating to it, I really was just like, do we really need to see Dolly Parton in a Texas um, cowboy cheerleader outfit? I mean, she has reached such legend status um, in this country, not only just for the music that she has performed and given us. Um, as a society, but her um, Dollywood um, theme park in um, Tennessee, I believe, Kentucky, West Virginia, one of those. Um, but also, especially in um, in the past decade, has really revealed herself to be, in my opinion, epic in terms of uh, uh, human beings in the entertainment industry. The number of stories of her um, stepping forth and revealing herself to to be a human of true good values um, in the sense of not sharing um, uh, any sense of eliteness or privilege or whatnot, but genuinely coming forth and, you know, taking on the current um, country fan right wing mindset of um, uh, of um, uh, selfishness and really saying, listen, um, just be good to each other, even if there's nothing in it for you. Um, you know that you hear the stories of her charitable gestures and you sit there and go, great. I didn't need to see her in, in, in booty shorts um, and a halter. I was just like, this woman is a queen. Um, you wouldn't see Queen Elizabeth in booty shorts. Um, of course, she would. she's dead right now, so that would be a really bad look. Um, but Dolly Parton, I think she is, um, she is an American queen and um, I did not need to have that visual in my mind. All right, so just our takeaway from that segment, Brian feels he should be able to determine what women wear. Uh, next up, a very popular segment that uh, everyone loves, um, but the drag queens are the problem. We scoured the news this week, um, finding stories of uh, children being molested, being groomed, being sexually assaulted, and assumed it has to be the drag queens because as be the, the far right tells us, um, the drag queens are the problem. Uh, this first one, Brian, uh, not a drag queen, uh, but actually a uh, an art teacher uh, from Mississippi, Emily Swinkowski, age 27, was charged with enticement of a child and child exploitation um, after the Water Valley High School art teacher was sent to have sent lewd photos uh, to a 16-year-old student. 
Um, Swinkowski was apprehended after another student heard rumors of the incident and informed the principal. Uh, the principal then got local law enforcement involved. Uh, Swinkowski resigned from her position and turned herself into police. Uh, she has since bonded out at $50,000. Pretty low bond. Well, it figures 10%, so bail must have been half a million. That's, uh, that's pretty reasonable. Don't you think that bail is really just a, a, a rich privilege that if you have money, you can get yourself out of jail, but if you don't have money, you're, you languish there until your trial date? Um, I mean, definitely, you know, the, the cash bond situation um, is uh, it's a problem. And uh, it's yeah. why a lot of uh, lower income people and people that are struggling uh, end up staying in jail. I mean, you yeah. talk about, you know, you talk about privilege. I mean, not only is privilege um, the ability to really think you can choose what uh, what women wear in public, but also uh, deciding, you know, having the, the wherewithal to being able to uh, to bond out. OK. All right. Stop twisting my words. I did not say that that Dolly Parton. She could not or should not trust the way she did. What I'm saying is I didn't need to see it. I have this right. image of her and, and, and um, I know now you're going to twist that to be like, Oh, Brian's image of this person is more important than what this person wants to do with their own body. I'm just going to STF you right now because I can't win. I uh, I'm proposing and I'll speak with Matt about this. I think we do a new uh, weekly segment called Brian digs his own grave. And we'll see what topics we can give to you um, that you can uh, you can just I'll give you 10 minutes of time to just say whatever is on your mind. Uh, in the meantime, uh, another teacher, Brian, this may shock Damn you, it. but another teacher, not a, not a drag queen, uh, an Arkansas teacher accused of exchanging nude photos with a 14 year old student. Uh, this yeah. is Caitlin Barnes, age 30. Uh, she had been a teacher. Um, at Boonville Junior High School, uh, she allegedly sent uh, several nude photos um, and a video through Chapsat, uh, showing exposing herself to the child and then directing the student uh, to send sexually explicit pictures back to her to quote gratify her sexual desires. Um, That's the, wrong. The junior high student allegedly received the images over two nights. Um, while the two were at their respective homes, uh, she was arrested at on November 17th at her home uh, in Fort Smith as a result of a police investigation. Um, she was charged with felony counts of sexual indecency with a child, producing, directing, or promoting a sexual performance by a child, use of communication device, and computer child pornography. Uh, she was released from jail on Monday um, on $25,000 bail, uh, sheriff's office says Barnes is no longer an employee of the Boonville school district. I, it's, I don't know. It's disturbing, Brian. It's uh, there's no other way to, uh, to kind of describe it. Uh, next one, Brian. Not a, not, a, not a teacher, Brian. Next one up. Not a teacher. So it has to be up. Oh, I'm sorry, Brian. This uh, this is a priest. Um, this is Alex Crow, 30 year old Catholic priest. Uh, he is the disgraced Alabama priest who ran off to Italy uh, with an 18 year old woman who he had allegedly been grooming over the years. Um, he is now married to the teenager. 
Um, she turned 18 back in June. Uh, the teenager attended McGill Tulin Catholic High, where Crow occasionally visited theology classes. Um, the pair uh, apparently entered into an affair while she was underage. Um, authorities uh, caught wind of a love letter she received from Crow on Valentine's Day while she was still a student. Um, they then uh, ran off uh, to Europe to get married. Um, the archbishop uh, in Alabama now saying that uh, they will defrock uh, the priest. Tell me, I thought priests were supposed to be celibate. Um, so the you fact would think that so, he was yeah. grooming that he, so the fact that he was found to have groomed this girl, the fact that he was found to have written love letters to her, the fact that he went um, uh, left the continent so that he could be with this woman, that wasn't enough for the church to say we're defrocking this guy. They were like, we're taking a wait and see approach <laughs> on this. We're just we're we're not rushing to judgment on this. But now that he's announced that he's marrying her, um, that's when they're like, oh, we can't. That's it. We're done. Also, uh, hmm. the district attorney in the county announced earlier this month that an investigation into criminal wrongdoing was closed. Uh, DA Keith Blackwood said the uh, the young woman met with prosecutors and de declined to answer any questions. So I guess that just was it. Why why delve any deeper um, into right. that? Because you know one of the uh, one of the alleged co-conspirators is uh, is not testifying. Oh. Okay. All right, Listen, Brian. I, uh, I think uh, I think we got it this time. This it's not a priest. It is not. Um, it's not a teacher. It's not a teacher's aide. This has to be. Um, this has to be a drag queen. And up oh, now, my apologies. It is NBA player Josh Giddy, uh, the Australian who plays for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, he is uh, apparently connected to an underage female. Uh, he's being accused of an inappropriate relationship with a minor. Um, he is a third-year guard for the Thunder. Uh, and uh, right now he is being allowed to play while the NBA investigates what's going on. Not a lot of details just yet. Um, Josh is 21 years old. No comment yet as to the age of the female that he is allegedly involved with. You know who this guy reminds me of? Who was the guy on, um, what was the show with, uh, uh, Tony Montaigne on, uh, on, uh, CBS? Scarface? No, you're thinking of, no. What's the guy's name? Oh, you just said Tony Montaigne. I know, and I'm 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 thinking the wrong one. I really need to stop going on tangents in the middle of the show. No, what was the show? Not Tony Montana. What was uh the C it was a CBS show about um serial killers and they were You're talking like, about criminal minds? Criminal minds. He reminds me of the guy from Criminal Minds, all right. the dorky guy. I will uh, all right. Now we've we've reached I don't know what the uh, what the actor's name is, but uh I feel like uh Joe Montana is what Joe you Montana. were thinking. <laughs> Both, 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 both Billy and Brian. Janelle are as good as I am at speaking, Brian. It's a 4.2%. Listen, here. folks, I don't think you it's, can even. This one, listen, so late in the night, this one has just gotten to my head. You know, it's the new, it's the, it's the lighting coming in. It's almost bedtime for me. I'm going to bed after this show. Um, I was close. No, so you're saying, Ron, that it's not the drag queens that are the problem, but apparently, NBA stars? it is still not the case. 
um, that uh, the uh, the drag queens are the problem. By the way, I did see some of the photos on TikTok of this guy with this girl, um, and she looks young. You know, not like thirteen <laughs> young, but right. she definitely looks to be um, uh, in her uh, 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 before twenty. Yeah, and 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 what the funny thing is is I'm here. I'm hearing people say like, "Oh, well, he's twenty one." You know how bad can it be? Well, it it still can be pretty bad. Like if she's sixteen, like if they started going out when he was like nineteen and she was like you know, 12 or 13, it's, it's bad. Like, I love how people just always try to justify it. Although he's not well, quite depends who's trying to dollars. justify it. Correct. Right. I mean, I'm actually a little surprised you did not come to his defense, but I'll just leave it at that. I don't know why I'm just beating I up. On you I'm you. not, I hate I'm not, you. I hate you. I hate you. I'm not embracing the, the love of the season, Brian. And I do apologize. Um, this next story, crazy. Every now and then we get some crazy, weird stories. Um, a retired Houston area attorney is on the other side of the law, uh, alleged, accused of allegedly deliver, delivering drug-laced papers to the Harris County Jail and causing the death of two inmates. Um, here is the mugshot of Ronald Lewis, age 77, now facing two charges of having a banned substance in a correctional facility. Um, authorities say Lewis had 11 sheets of paper in his possession when he was arrested on Friday, November 17th. Um, these papers are now being tested by the Texas Rangers for confirmation of narcotics. Uh, according to court documents, at least two inmates died uh, as a result of the substances that Lewis allegedly brought into the jail, um, with several other inmates reporting having several side effects. Now, the laced sheets of mail were often disguised as legal mail or other forms of legal, legal documents. Inmates would pay the attorneys $200 to $500 to bring in the laced papers. So here, I thought maybe it was a case of him intentionally trying to like yeah, kill these inmates. It turns out that he was just receiving money uh, to basically get uh, get drugs delivered. Uh, court documents identified the substance as methoxydimethyl oxalbutane. Not sure what that is. Um, so they said, quote, Mr. Lewis visited 14 inmates from July 23 until November 23. During the investigation, approximately 154 sheets of paper were believed to be laced with narcotics and confiscated. So this has been uh, apparently an ongoing investigation. Um, they say that in general, 27 inmates died in 2022 of drug overdoses in the jail and 19 have died so far in 2023. Um, Lewis posted a $7,500 bond and as part of his bond conditions, he is barred <clears throat> from visiting anybody at the jail while the case is pending. Ooh. Um, I mean, if this guy hands you a piece of paper, would you take it and ingest it? I'd be I'd be concerned to say the least. If he if he had normal looking ears, I would say I might. <laughs> but those are gigantic fucking ears. Looks like Dumbo. Um, and as somebody with larger ears, I can I can appreciate it. It does look like looks like he would be a Ron fan. <laughs> you think so, huh? Yeah, definitely a Ron fan. All right. Um, next up. An Illinois man has been charged with murdering uh, a fellow nursing home Murder. resident uh, over a fight 
uh, about a washing machine. Um, do we have Matt? Nice of you to show up late in the show. Matt, do we have a, uh, a, a, the, the mugshot? All right, we'll put it up then, please. All right, this is women Pascal, William Pascal, age 71. Um, he allegedly punched and beat his uh, nursing home neighbor to death uh, during Ooh. a dispute over a washing machine. Um, he is charged with first-degree murder and aggravated battery to a person 60 years of age or older. Uh, police in Joliet, Illinois, received a call Friday evening uh, from Salem Village Nursing and Rehab Center concerning a battery on the building's sixth floor. Uh, responding officers found an unresponsive 61-year-old man in the laundry room. Uh, investigators determined that Pascal had gotten angry over the victim's use of the washing machine and began attacking him. Um, he is believed to have repeatedly punched the victim in the head and used the victim's walker in the attack. Good Lord, he beat the man to death with his own walker. Uh, the disrespect. The disrespect. He was taken into custody uh, and charged. Um, you know, I have seen, you know, I, I remember living in an apartment complex. Um, the laundry room was, it was like Thunderdome at times because, sure. you know, I think landlords always try and get away with putting as few washers sure. and dryers into a laundry room as possible. I remember in this particular location, we had two washers, two dryers to easily try and service uh, like 50 apartments. Um, and when you get people who then leave their clothing in the machines, I'm not saying he should have killed the guy, but I get where he's coming from. To me, it is the disrespect shown to your, um, your neighbor when you are utilizing a washer or dryer and you are not cognizant of when that machine is finished and do and um, uh, allow your clothes to sit there for 5, 10, 15, 48, 72 minutes um, because you're preventing other people from doing their laundry. I'm not saying that this is a justifiable homicide, but I can certainly um, uh, admit that I felt moments of rage when I was using shared laundry services. I mean, in my in my luscious home in the sky here in West New York, you know, I'm no longer using public washrooms um, for my clothes. I've got my own private machine. By the way, if anybody knows how to um, take out a uh, Phillips screw that has been um, uh, filed down to the point where um, no screwdriver can unwedge this screw, um, please. Uh, DM me with your suggestions um, because yesterday I made that faithful mistake of trying to switch the, this is just white privilege right here, people. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to call this, I'm going to call this pit for Brian's white privilege. But yesterday I was assigned the task of, um, of moving the door on the dryer so that instead of opening one way, it would open the other. Um, and in, 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 un, in trying to undo some of the screws in the washing machine, it has become uh, a complete disaster to the point where I was trying to drill a hole through it um, and the drill bit broke uh, and went flying. Uh, fortunately, I wasn't injured, but a lot of F words were shouted by me um, in frustration. I did break a sweat and um, put everything away and said, fuck this. I will take a look at this later. So if anybody knows what to do, 
Um, hit me up in my DMs. Thank you. And Janelle saying she always gives a five minute grace period with the dryers. Five minutes are up. Your clothes are up. Perfectly reasonable in my mind. Five minutes is. I think so. Hold up. Hold up. I think that you have to. I mean, if we're talking peak time, I think five minutes is fair. But if we're talking like a, uh, you know, an off peak time for the laundry room, I think five minutes is a little fast. Well, I think it depends. If you walk in, right, and the machine has already stopped and you give it another five minutes, I mean, what if that machine had stopped 10 or 15 minutes ago? But you don't know that. So why would you, how can you Neither assume Neither do that? you. Which is why I think five minutes without having any reference point. I, I think that if it's a weekend, absolutely five minutes is a reasonable period of time. If it is a Tuesday afternoon um, at uh, 1 p.m., I think I would give it a little bit more than five minutes. Also, um, I don't want to touch other people's clothes. So um, even though they're they're coming out of the washing machine, I'm I'm going to be hesitant to move them. But eventually I will. Yeah, I used to I used to go 10, 15 minutes like, all right, I'm going to walk back to my apartment, going to give it a few minutes and I'm going to walk back. And if it's still still there, <clears throat> game on. I had a college roommate who used to steal clothes from the um, dorm wa uh, washing machines and claim that he found clothes there. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean by you? He's like, one day he came back and he was holding up a Billy Joel tour T-shirt. He was like, hey, look at this cool shirt that I found. I was like, where'd you find it? He was like, oh, in the laundry room. And I was like, oh, like where? In the, like, how did you find? He was just like, oh, well, there was, you know, some clothes that nobody had grabbed. So, you know, I went through it and I found the shirt in there. Isn't it cool? I was like, you didn't. That, that's not a found T-shirt. Yeah, you, you just stole, stole some clothes. You are a Yeah, thief. you just stole clothes. Yeah, that's a steak. Yeah, fuck that. Um, um, let's see. One one final story here before we start. Let's end on a good note. Let's Can we end on a good note, on a happy note? Something that I just makes us all feel good, especially maybe a story that will make women feel safe, Ron. All right. Because you know we Ron, lift and support women. Ron Jeremy, former porn star accused of sexually assaulting multiple women, will be released from jail to a private residence uh, as his health worsens uh, nearly a year after he was formally declared incompetent to stand trial. Uh, a California judge granted the 70-year-old's request to be placed in a private residence to receive round-the-clock medical care after, shockingly, no medical facility will take him. Uh, his, uh, his apparently his medical condition has deteriorated to the point that he is essentially bedridden. Um, but, uh, many people feeling obviously that they will never see justice, uh, in this case. Do we, do, can you, can you remind me what his medical condition is? Um, they don't really go into, uh, in what his medical condition is. I mean, I, I don't know. Let me just skim through here and see. One thing uh, I, I will say is that I do like the way the court system um, color coordinated their masks with the the, the bright orange jumpsuits that they assign um, prisoners. Like this is this is clearly an intentional fashion statement they're doing. By the way, this guy also convicted rapist, I believe. Yes, um, can rot in jail. I'm, well, I don't think he was ever convicted because he was never he was never declared mentally competent to uh, to stand trial. Ron, he was convicted in the court of public opinion. And well, you, you and I both know that on, on a Sunday night at the Ron and Brian show, that is the only court that matters. Brian's court is the only court that matters. Um, so if he does happen to hang on uh, for another five weeks, uh, he would be a great, um, great contender to pick 
for the 2024 Ron and Brian uh, Death Pool. Uh, we are we are getting to that point where it is about Winding time down. to open up for uh, submissions. So keep your eyes open for that. Uh, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. a recap, real quick as to where we are currently sitting with about five weeks left to go. We have Billy in first place, a commanding lead with 76 points. Brian, you are sitting in second. This is your year Mm -hmm. uh, at 42 points. And then we have William B. and Dom tied for third place uh, with 28 points. So uh, it's going to be down to the wire as it always is. Uh, I mean, two of the most shocking things. Uh, multi-time champion Andrew H. and myself at zero points so far, uh, almost uh, 11 full months into the year. So keep an eye out on our social media channels as we get into the beginning of December. We will open up for our our submissions for the 2024 Ron and Brian death pool. What happened? What happened, Ron? Um, You know, I I felt good about a lot of my picks. I picked people. I picked a lot of sick people, um, people that have been sick for a very long time. And um, they just held on. And it's, it's, you know, it's it's as they say, it's why you play the game, Brian, because you never know um, how things are going to turn out. I appreciate your um, optimism. However, really do feel like you um, should show a little bit more contrition at this moment, um, having picked nothing but um, uh, people who are still alive. Um, are, are you prepared for this year going down with the big zero? If, if that happens, then maybe you'll see some contrition for me. There's still there's a lot of game left to be played. Speaking of which, how is Pooh Shiesty doing? Apparently uh, enjoying prison much more than I would have anticipated. I noticed he hasn't dropped any singles from prison, which I'm very (laughs) surprised by. Um, As we wrap up here, as a reminder, it is the holiday season. And what better way to celebrate those closest to you, the people that you love, but by getting them a Ron and Brian cameo. uh, If you go to cameo.com forward slash Ron Brian podcast 8939, you can get uh, a bunch of cameos, whether it's uh, holidays. You know, we will wish people Merry Christmas. We will wish people Happy Hanukkah. We will wish people Happy Honda Days. Whatever you want that to be, we will get that out there for you. Of course, um, you've also got our Patreon. Uh, If you go to ronandbrianpodcast.com and click on the link in the upper right-hand corner, um, you can become a Patreon. You can join the After Dark, uh, which we have every Sunday night at 9.30 p.m. Um, Today is our monthly pajama party where we invite all of our Patreon subscribers on with us. And in addition to that, Our web store is available on ronandbrianpodcast.com. Don't forget that this Monday is Cyber Monday. Uh, We are not offering any deals on Cyber Monday, uh, but every purchase you make allows us to make a Cyber Monday purchase elsewhere. There you go. And also, I would like to point out the one thing I think you left out when mentioning our cameo is that we are running a 20% off Cyber Monday deal. Are we? Even better. We are indeed on Cameo. It's, you know, um, you know, listen, it's the perfect gift. I think I, you know, I know you mentioned earlier, we are running a 20% off. So to book a personal video, at least now while we are going through our inaugural year on Cameo, normally that would be ten dollars. 
for a personal video, it's now only going to cost you eight dollars. Um, how can you go wrong? There? That's a bargain. I mean, I'd get I'd get five of those at that price. Of course, of course, Ron. Um, what? How can people support the show even more? Um, by by like joining our pajama party, our oh, monthly man. pajama party. This is something we do once a month, only for our Patreon subscribers. It is, um, you know, if you think that our um, our after dark content, um, the stories that are not quite suitable for YouTube, the content that would make um, uh, Papa Zuck over at Facebook blanch. Ooh, they're talking spicy stories. Ooh. Um, no, um, but once a month, we give our thanks to our Patreon subscribers at the silver or higher level. We invite them onto the show with us. Um, so uh, it is something we do once a month. We are doing that in 18 minutes this Sunday evening. Um, so it, it, you still have time if you're watching live to go to our Patreon page, sign up silver or higher level, simply $10 a month. I mean, the amount of money people have spent on uh, on, on shopping recently, um, a simple $10 a month donation to our show, not charitable, um, just a, a, a wise use of money. Sure. And uh, you get to come on once a month, enjoy the, uh, in, in, enjoy the environs. All right. Sounds good. Well, we have to go get ready for that after dark. Brian is still the champion for another seven or eight weeks. The championship debate coming up uh, sooner than you know. Death pool uh, opening soon. So much going on this holiday season. In spite of that, we appreciate all of you taking the time to join us. And we will see you all again next week. Thank you for joining us on the Ron and Brian podcast. We're live each week on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. You can find prior episodes, links to our social media, and everything else Ron and Brian at Ron and Brian See you again next week.